Bandwidth for the Weird Things Podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Welcome to the Weird Things Podcast. I'm Andrew Main, joined by two gentlemen who are in the studio at the same time. Brian Brushwood. Yay, man. This is fun being in the same place. I mean, most of, most of us are in the same place. I wish you were here. Yeah, I wish I was there, too. But if I was there, I wouldn't be listening to the sweet, sweet sound of my 3D printers. Oh, my gosh. Your factory, your money, your literal money factory is running in the background. <laughs> we'll talk about that. on. Uh, we'll do an after thing. So we'll talk a bit about uh, the, the little business venture that got launched this week and uh, uh, what's been going on. So it's kind of exciting. Right on. A new wave. Uh, it's Justin Robert Young. Hi, everybody. And uh, it looks like from where I'm seeing, like you have Loki sitting behind you yeah. in the studio, Brian. We actually have our producer in studio, our Weird Things producer, uh, Bryce Neshkam Castillo. Bryce, I've never seen you in the person before. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> good. It's a man of many words. There we go. <laughs> He's quick and to the point. That's called editing. Yeah. It's something we awesome. could learn a thing or awesome. two about. <laughs> All right, everybody. I want you to take a mental gen- journey. Um, is it hot at South by Southwest? You know, it was, it was the it first was time gorgeous. we had gorgeous weather. Yeah, yeah it was unreal. Uh, the only problem, if you could consider it a problem, is that the gorgeous 72-degree day uh, happened under a clear tent. <laughs> yeah, so, having a, a powerful greenhouse effect. Yeah, we got uh, yeah, that was, uh, which certainly uh, added to the adventure we all took in, in day drinking at 3 p.m. Yeah. So it was kind of a little hot, kind of a little sweat. A little hot. No, little, there was little, definitely, there was definitely right. a back sweat chant that went up all at right. one point. Mental exercise time. Okay, right. you ready for this? I'm ready. All right, I want you guys to close your eyes. Okay. Close your eyes. I want you to imagine you're standing in the tent. The tent vanishes away. We're floating in the air, Magneto style, upright, kind of cool, like a man floats, like a man flies, right? As one does. Yeah. We're flying across the hot, hot, scorching desert, rattlesnakes looking up at you in the Texas sun. We're going further, further, further to the Gulf. It was Brownsville, you know, like, we'll forget the horrible tragedy that happened when the hurricane hit there. That's fine. Sure. Now we're going to lower down into the shores. We're lowering down into the cool ocean, okay? Feel the water around your ankles. Feel the water on your knees and the water's up to your waist. Do you right, like this? Right. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's nice. No, this is, yeah. a, this is a paradise, sure. Open up your eyes. Look at the ocean. Oh, it looks gorgeous. Like, uh, uh, picturesque. I, like, I, I believe this is the Weird Things podcast and that nope. maybe. There's something. No, uh, it's just I, a trip to the beach. I mean, it's uh, there's I, nothing he said that's made us believe it's anything other than a gorgeous dip in a reflective pool. Why, why don't you just jump in then? I will. Now you splash. are. You're already in the ocean. We're You're in. already in the ocean. Yeah. You enjoying it. There, are, we, are we swimming? You can swim. Swim around a little bit. Like, yeah. Enjoy it. Okay? Yeah, sure. All right, are swimming. you with me? Nothing yeah, bad is going to happen to you. I will tell you this now. No, come on. Okay. We're just having right, a great right time. Go. We deserve it. Treat okay. yourself. <laughs> Good. All right. Uh, yeah, let's yeah. swim. Get the little splash fight. Oh, uh, hey, yo. I'm going to splash you. Find some, find some mud. 
Throw it. Uh, by the way, uh, this is shockingly close so far to a story that actually happened uh, on the Texas Gulf Coast. My brother and I uh, were uh, on Surfside Beach. We were doing a mud fight, and we just keep reaching down and grabbing fistfuls of mud and just flinging it in each other's face. You know, it's that sandy mud. And then uh, I'm starting to get kind of out of range because Jay's starting to get mad, as often happens with brothers. They start to escalate. Yeah. And then Jay just gets this look in his eye. He's like, I, and, and he reaches down. He's like, ha! I go, he's like, now I got a rock. And then he goes, ah, whips out his hand and as if it's a cartoon. And he, uh, a crab has clawed him and he goes fleeing off to the side. It's not a rock. Uh, podcast title, Bryce, by the way, I have a rock. <laughs> Uh, all right, uh, but that's 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 not this traumatic moment. No, 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 no. no. This we're, is we're a just, perfect, it's a delightful, peaceful, relaxing time. Yeah. We we probably came from the sea. You know, the sea is like our mother in a way. Well, yeah, we're we're going back uh, our roots somewhere Indeed. deep inside us. It is the very I, womb of Mother Gaia. I want you to open up your arms to the sea. Open your arms wide. Embrace the sea. You ready? You ready? Yeah, yeah. let's go, baby. And then follow me. I want you to say, "Oh, ocean! Oh, oh ocean. ocean! You suck." You, you, you suck. suck. <laughs> suck. You suck. Remember how we're told how precious and special our ocean was? Well, yeah, no, it is. We're, well, we're, mean, we're born of the ocean. You know, we, we rolled we, out of the shores. And, yeah. Uh, it's, made, it's, it was just photos of the blue marble of Earth. Like, look at we're a water planet. Look how wonderful this yeah, is, we're right? made of water. Exactly. Water yeah. from the oceans. First, well, then we found out, like, you know, Europa, little tiny moon, little tiny moon of Jupiter. We find out, what does Europa have? Oh, dude, I know where this is headed. An they got ocean water. twice the size of ours. Yeah, right? they got more. I mean, it's not a contest, right? You know, like, we're not we're not out here, you know. You say that now. Ocean measuring contest. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I feel a little in, inadequate. If you've seen, there's yeah. like an animated GIF where you watch the water get sucked off of both planets. And uh, they got more they got more water than we do. Listen, yeah, it ain't. Right? We it ain't... have water. Oh, but guess what? What? Ganymede, another moon, Jupiter. Yeah. They did some measurements. Turns out, Scientific America, Jupiter's moon, Ganymede, has salty ocean with more water than Earth. Now, wait a minute. Okay, when you say salty ocean, are we talking about liquid water? Yeah. Scott's yeah. right. Called an ocean, Brian, and not an ice sheet. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, like total volume of water was what I was thinking, but, but you're saying the amount of liquid water. So, okay, so here's the thing, right? Yeah. The, the Scientists whole- long expected there was an ocean of liquid water in Ganymede, the largest moon in the solar system, about 3,273 miles across, has an ocean of liquid beneath its surface. Probes measured, blah, 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 scientific talk, blah, blah, blah. Now they're looking at it like, yep, probably an ocean bigger than Earth's. That's amazing. Now, keep in mind, like, if you think about uh, life, you know, because we, we've had those proto-experiments where they take uh, conditions as they were, you know, probably in early time before life. Yeah. They run some electricity through them, bada bing, bang, and then you start getting self-organizing chains of, of amino acids or whatever. But if you think about it, like, the transition from no life to life is essentially, we'll call it like a random thing. You have certain conditions, and then it's a matter of time. Each, you know, we'll say, you know, unit of time is like another scratch-off lottery ticket. Yeah. And if you get enough scratch-off lottery tickets, you eventually win the lottery, right? So knowing that they have more liquid water ready to start having uh, more opportunity, well, although we have more energy. Yeah, man. Energy, well- number one. Um, well, here's Earth. the thing. Hey, listen, like, it, it's not about the size of your Andrew, ocean. If it's buried under ice. How could we tell this? How could we tell if there's life? How could we tell there was water first? Well, we knew 
we suspected it, and then using the Hubble Space Telescope, they actually used it to monitor the auroras, the ribbons of lights at the poles created by the moon's magnetic field. Guess what? That moon got a magnetic field. Our moon ain't got no magnetic field like that. Okay? Mars doesn't even That's have a magnetic field. That's why we had to invent field. the band on Earth. <laughs> the band, so, I don't know if you heard that little beat. That's my printer oh. saying, I finished a print. Yay. Um, so, gentlemen, it's got, it's got that. And then they looked. They saw like two auroras, one rocking back and forth. They're like, you know what? That's not as much. Then one didn't move as much as it should have. And they look at it, and they're like, science stuff, there's an ocean dampening That's amazing. the chain. That's insane. Well, and I, I would imagine that if you had precise enough uh, telescopes over a long enough time, you would even be able to see, like, uh, I assume there's got to be some kind of characteristic wobble to a spinning uh, liquid sphere versus a solid one and so on. Uh, that's that's amazing. Uh there was another one. Get out of the water. Just get out of. Just get out of. Just, just get out of the water. But wait, hold on. Why do we spite our own? Well, I mean, it's why, just uh, you know, this just is all we got. Why? Why are we getting all mad because there's a bigger ocean because out there? There's Third a bigger... best is still second loser. Uh, I'm just saying. Listen, guys, you're not gonna always have the biggest ocean. All right, <laughs> you got to be comfortable with the ocean you have. But not the biggest. Not even the second biggest. Third, listen, third, third is pretty disappointing. Like uh, in the uh, in the contest, out of three, think about this that we know about that, that yeah, that's in, thing. Well, no, I mean, look at all these other planets out here not having any ocean or having dry, uh, yeah, dry but, oceans. Yeah, but yeah, like uh, is is a Titan has you know they get they got lakes and rivers and methane. So it's like I mean you could oh, you add want that? ethane. Is that what you want to trade? Do freaking you want to trade for lakes of methane and and ethane? Uh, freaking that's booze. There's lakes and lakes of booze. We oh, have sorry, stupid we, water. Cause, cause and not, not even as much. We're not able to make our own booze. <laughs> I, not enough. I, I want to swim in it. <laughs> Bathtubs, gin. I want ocean gin. I think you could probably find a house at South by Southwest with the you know, Kettle One sponsored, oh you know, God. vodka pool. Have you ever. Oh, man. Can you imagine what, a, what an ill founded idea that would be? <laughs> to, yeah. to be all like, take a dip in the surprise. <laughs> Somebody sparks a. flicks a match in there or something. <laughs> got along so far without that so uh, here's the thing so you think about space exploration now now that we know like well the interesting places appear to have you know oceans yeah we really need to be thinking about building submarines you know oh so when we yeah when we get to the planets we're able to explore well and that's that's actually doubly good because there's going to be all kinds of weird uh, pressure issues and and with uh, different gravities would change things obviously and also Right here on Earth, you know, the last unexplored territory, bottoms of the oceans. Seems like there we could get to work building bases on the bottom I of mean, the we, Mariana we are, Trench. In the next twenty years, like, are we in like the new age of the privateer? Like, if you just want to, like, you know, all of a sudden we're able to to fly out into space, and uh, you know, you're just like, yeah, no, I, I ain't got nothing for me here. Uh, I'm just gonna go explore in a submarine. Uh, you know, wherever these these moons are, or something like that. You know, well, think think about this, right? You're gonna need to staff it. We live in an age where you really can uh, just buy a boat and announce yeah. to the world, "Hey, man, I got a boat. You need something moved? You want me to take you out fishing? You I, mean, listen, to- I got I got news for everybody. As soon as we start sending a lot of people up into space, the the line for what it needs to be, what you need to be for to you know, be an astronaut, is going to fall dramatically. Yeah, like it's not going to be any of this vomit, comet, you know, stuff like that. You're just going to have random people going well, up there. You look at the number of people that we flew on the space shuttle for. 
publicity. I mean, you know, dude, yeah, they're all these scientific missions, but like, yeah, we had like you know Saudi princes and other people there. Like, all right, what? How long did they spend in NASA or Air Force to get up there? And yeah. was this really not just a? Wait, you know, did, did we send Saudi princes up to? Uh, yeah, but it was a cool one. Um, <laughs> yeah. It was one of the rad ones. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Get the get which which one it is, but, but like, like yeah, the, I think think about it like that. If you just ain't got nothing going for you. Just kind of screw off for the next two decades, and then just become a space privateer. Yeah, or just wait for the for the price to get so low. Yeah. You know, that's the other thing too. Is and that truly? Well, I don't even know if it is. Wait, do you think it'd be hard to get a job as a space privateer? Like or like because if it's advanced enough by then that it's cheap, then it's probably run by robots. In which case, they're asking, "Why do we need humans again?" Because you you will always there. I mean, at least. You know, depending on where robot technology is, right? right? Because like that is assuming a big quantum leap from where it is now, right? To have no humans there, but right now there are already a host of really, really dangerous jobs that you can do with fairly minimal for for the skills of a construction worker. Yeah, you know that's what like Deadliest Catch and like those kind of shows are based on. Like those are people that are just like, yeah, you want to know what? Six months out of the year, I'm going to risk my life, but I'm going to make a lot more money than I would. Working a safer job with fairly minimal skills. It really will be, man. It's going to be, uh, uh, you know, Nat Geo's uh, asteroid miners. You know, out- outer rim miners is. That's you know, I was be down amazing. in New Orleans two weeks ago, and there's the, the whole economy of offshore oil rigging that, like, you kind of hate your life. You're living alone. It's desolate. It's depressing. And when you come back, your bank account is so swole, you can't recognize it. Yeah. Because you spend no money. Yeah. And it pays out the butt. Yeah. And and it, and, and it's, uh, oh, dude, I would love to know if anyone out there so right now is listening to us on an oil stop rig. An asteroid. Wait, uh, say it again? So you asked to stop an asteroid. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. You get pulled up to save humanity. And then you do it because you want to pay no taxes ever. <laughs> Good God. That was awesome. That movie was Perfect. Uh, the uh, so I would love to know if anyone is out there. I want to know who our most remote f- listeners are right now. If there's somebody maybe on an oil rig who can describe for us what it would feel like. Like if you're on an oil rig, if that, you're out there in a research station or whatever, just reset in your mind that you're on an asteroid. Everything else is pretty much the same, and describe your life when you're out in that remote. Well, place. And also because of exactly the movie Outland. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I believe it, man. Outland was great, by the uh, way. That's my pick in advance. Outland was awesome. <laughs> uh, because of the, the geopolitical happenings over the last couple of years, what you've seen with uh, private contractors in the Middle East has also that, – that is a, a renaissance of those kind of jobs. You know, If you have a specific skill set and some kind of in and usually military clearance is, is what they look for, uh, but you are out there driving a truck. You're a truck driver. Right. But you make 15 times – uh, what even the most expensive truck driver in America would make? Uh, yeah, with uh, one little hiccup. I mean, but that's, that's <laughs> what you're looking for. If you're going to be a space privateer. Yeah, you know, no, it's, that's it's, true. It's going to be sudden death will haunt you, but you know, you could take care of. And let's say, like, part of it is you might not ever come back, but yeah, your family taken care of for a significant period of time. That's amazing. And maybe you come back. Maybe it's 50-50. You get to enjoy that money. Oh, 50-50. Would it be, would, do you think they, anyone would allow that to be the, the – are there any jobs today where they routinely pay people with a 50-50 chance of coming back? Outside of maybe 50, me- medicine. 50-50 is hard. But certainly if, if you look at you know what disasters happen on 
oil rigs and stuff like that or, yeah. or in your your nuclear power plant cleanup like the people in the oh Fukushima Japan. Yeah. yeah that that was it uh, being a sailor on a Russian nuclear submarine oh good lord yeah, wow. yeah I, I heard a story about a guy who was a worth a senator or something who had served in the navy and there was there was a uh, one of the Russian subs is one of the ports and uh, U.S. ports and they walked on board there and the senator walked around and then went to his guy and says, we got to get out of here and we're not coming back because he was just, it was so leaky. So, you know, Oh yeah. How frightening. Um, and, and, yeah. and Russia, Russia does not care about, uh, when they need to junk a sub or a sub needs to go away for strategic military value or needs to not be found by other people. They do not care about who else is on that sub. And that yeah. has been a demonstrable track record. Wow. So yeah, like, yeah, you're like your highest risk like jobs like that cleanup. You get your undersea uh, welders, yeah. Like when the, the guys would go down there and do that, so that's pretty high risk. Oh, you know, another super one is uh, being a, uh, a a doctor who deals with contagious diseases and stuff in foreign countries and stuff. The, the number yeah, of doctors, who, you know, one one errant pinprick, and all of a sudden. You're infected with you, horrible. You stuff. read like the book, The Virus Hunters, and just like the early days of you know prior to the CDC and all that. And these guys go into these different places and they're trying to figure out what it is and not knowing how it's transmissible and and then working in environments. It's not even have to be the pinprick. It can just be like the micron filters are wrong or whatever, and it can just be. So that's a super dangerous job. Yeah. Know? So I mean, there, there's a lot, you know, and and you would you would say that. This would just be another gigantic explosion in those opportunities. You got to wonder, uh, you know, they will get filled. People will want to do them, you know. And in fact, like a lot of these gigs, you know, they're you can do it. If you would like to do it, it is not hard for you to get the prequalifications to get that gig. You just have to understand it's about you making that that deal of safety for money. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, I'm going to go to a tangent and then pull it back in a different uh, direction. But by the way, if you go to Patreon.com, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash, is it Weird Things? Weird Things. Weird Things. And you're a listener and you want to, you know, contribute, help out, help us get to the point where we can we can launch our little underwater robot program and maybe help inspire the next generation of astronauts that will be exploring oceans and making friends and maybe starting wars uh you can go to patreon.com slash weird things and you can uh, help make this happen it's one of the, the goals way, we want to do you know one of the things people say is they're like oh you know it's like what what difference is a nickel gonna make like literally a nickel if we give make you a nickel's worth of happy all it takes is uh you know what 10 of you guys to be 50 cents and uh, and 10 of those to hit us you know even more it's $5. it's you know it's huge uh, and, and thank you guys for everybody who has donated and uh you know if, if you got the scratch and you want to be uh, a part of it then go ahead and do it it's what's uh, allowed us to bring in our loki stand-in to uh sit over brian's shoulder comically as if he is his uh you know bad judgment uh, <laughs> but uh you know it, it, it means the world so thank you so much absolutely yeah uh do you know what the most expensive human endeavor is like project not including like if you count like all the high, interconnected highway systems but i heard the stat the other day uh i mean i would uh, my first thing that pops in my mind is is the moonshot but as we're as I'm saying that, I seem to remember there was some other project that dwarfed it, um, that dwarfed like the entire budget of NASA forever. I don't know. I uh, if I was going to guess, I mean, I'll stick to the moonshot. That seems like an obvious one. Maybe uh, 
maybe the Manhattan Project. Justin? Most expensive government program? Yeah, most expensive, like, and like probably human project ever. Uh, oh, good, good answers from the chat room. They're saying the Large Hadron Collider. So, uh, so not just our government, like any in, government. In history. Mankind. Mankind. Yeah. yeah. Um, we don't include the, the super secret Transformers project where they keep them buried under the base at Hoover Dam. That's close. Uh, thank goodness for Transformers. They inspired us to invent on the cars. Books. We're only limited on the books program. It's not the Stargate hey, listen, program. We are, oh we are, God, we are two much? for two in Michael Bay movie <laughs> references uh, <laughs> with, with, so with pedantic seconds. snide <laughs> eye-rolling moments in there. Uh, oh, man. Would it be? Is it one of those things where it's like, like, like the pyramids adjusted for inflation or something? No, nah, won't do that. You know, because like you know, the first Neanderthals will make you know, you know, a, a Eagle Town necklace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, uh, the first guy who sculpted a rock into a sweet necklace. First exactly. guy who ever made a coin. You know, first guy who ever made a coin. Like you know, yeah, it has, took a hundred percent of all the money in humanity to make one coin. Has anybody figured out, like, if you paid all of the slaves it took to make the pyramids, like, minimum wage? <laughs> like, how much Oh, I'm it sure. Cost? I'm sure. I mean, as far as, like, human time, that's one of the things that I liked in The Rational Optimist was that he said, think of wealth not in, in money or, or, or even accomplishments because technology changes so much. Just think about, about human time. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I'll, I'll say the Hadron Collider. I'll just go with the, the chat realm here. <laughs> um, it is... From an article I read in Atlantic, which I will blame it then. I'll mention the article too. The ISS, International Space Station. Wow. $150 billion. And, and counting, right? Because it, it yeah. requires constant maintenance and staffing. and Every, 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 every time uh, we send it, you know, every time we want to send an American astronaut up there, we got to spend $50 million for a seat on a Russian, you know, rocket. Not, you know, there's that. Uh, so $150 billion is 10 back points out. So half of Apple's cash on hand. Yes, that wow. is true. Is <laughs> Apple could build a space station now and, and probably get better return on the dollar than government bidding does. Um, oh dude, can you imagine how awesome that space station would look? And it would only have USB three. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> like lightning connectors. Uh, so I bring that up, and it's an amazing achievement. It is an absolutely fantastic achievement to think of what's up there right now. You know, the the size of this thing, et cetera, what happened. And uh, one of the problems they've had though is they're always trying. They're hoping they would get more like. They they have programs like if you're a company, you can lease space on there, and you can like do experiments and stuff. Yeah. But it's so GD expensive. Oh, yeah. Um, well, now, now, one of the things I hear is that there are certain medicines that can only be made in zero gravity. But are, are those – Sorry, pro- bro, you're going to die. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean it's like uh, – uh, is that like a regular – Are they? it implies like they're up there making medicines uh, all the time. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, I, maybe I, research into that is what they do. And then once they do, they figure out mm, how long – how quickly they can synthesize X, Y, or Z. And and we're partners with you know the Russians on this, which I you know we hey we I love Russia, love Russians, love the Russian people, um, you know some their government's crazy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that in the nicest way, please. Uh, no polonium for me, please. Uh, but uh, wow, deep cut. Yeah, <laughs> we're. You I go. bet. Yeah, I'm making a bet here. In the next couple of years. 
we're going to have there's going to be talk about SpaceX and maybe some other people building, and I don't mean like one of the big little inflatable ones, but like building their own space station. It would make sense, you know, if if you have. I mean, again, this is all predicated on cheaper rocket travel. That like, why not? Why wouldn't you? Yeah, you know, we uh, we forgot to do our predictions for 2015. We're three months in. Do you want to do you want to take a quick moment to make predictions for before the year's out? Yeah, I think Apple's going to come out with a watch. <laughs> they might find details of the plans to make a car, uh, maybe. I, I think Steam is going to make a virtual reality helmet uh, oh, system that'll be really kick butt. <laughs> These are great predictions. <laughs> uh, I actually, I, I think uh, that SpaceX will land a rocket on Earth, uh, which oh, is that, a weird uh, thing to say oh, okay. uh, by the end of the year. Did like, you see Elon Musk's tweet of the landing pad at Cape Canaveral? Oh, no, because that's right. Uh, what, what am I searching to find this? Just to look at, at Elon Musk on Twitter. Elon I remember uh, that was the first. It was at South by Southwest where we first signed up for Twitter. Remember that? Golly. Yeah. Crazy. World's largest. Oh, wow. Introducing Landing Complex 1, formerly Launch Complex 13, at, uh, at Cape Canaveral. Ballsy. Ballsy. That's great. Landing <laughs> Complex 1. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Land- and then you look at it like, oh, yeah, like, wait, landing complex. Yeah. Well, I'm like, why? Well, you just changed it from 13 to 1. Was like 13 unlucky or something? Oh, wait uh, a minute. So what is that seal in the top left hand corner? I can't really. Uh, let's see if I can zoom in on that. It, uh, I'm not sure. Look, maybe that's just the Cape Canaveral. Yeah, it looks like. Uh, seal. Oh. Yeah. Man, uh, that's insane. Like, do you do you think that we're going to get that this will be a like like when it happens? Like, what do you think the the reaction is is going to be? Well, here it did not take a lot of conversations for us to get as whipped up about the idea as we are now. Yeah, uh, my guess is, I mean, like we're going to be. You know, oh, uh, we're gonna be freaking uh, our shirts off, spinning around uh, in the dude. air, if, our faces painted in the SpaceX if, logo. If, if, if you want to know how excited we are, then just go ahead and look at uh, the Beatles' final concert in San Francisco, <laughs> yes. and uh, where are those three girls in the front row. <laughs> so the, uh, but I would imagine that everybody in the the middle layer, because what happens, the news will say like, "Hey, how big of a deal is this, Mister Scientist?" And they're gonna know enough to that that instantly the world will. They'll hear it and they're like, "Oh, is that a big deal?" And then they'll explain how huge this is. Yeah, and uh, I, I think it'll be huge. I think I think I think what? it's all Reddit will talk about for the remainder of 2015. But there'll also be like there'll be the whole yeah, but they don't bring back the second stage. <laughs> you know, be, yeah, the first one. You know, it's it's only going, and you're going to get a lot of their SpaceX has competitors, and you're going to get. You're going to get some shade thrown that's going to be like, yeah, they're still losing half their rocket. You yes, know? from, like, well, from competitors, what? you will definitely well, hear that. Well, no, I think, I think uh, the, the, the public at large, like Reddit being a subsection of it, which has its own you know opinions and what they get excited or not excited about. Right. I think the public at large will look at it as, oh, look, that's a cool thing, but not any more different than if somebody floated around the world in a balloon or something like that. They will look at it as an impressive engineering feat <clears throat> that somebody did. The excitement comes in. When Apple says they're launching their own, you know, uh, space station or something, you know, like when the idea of it, the cheapness of it, the price of it creates this whole new world. That's what gets the excitement. I, I, I see I see the biggest player there being Google. 
I see yeah. Google announcing some sort of program to be able to do research and you know develop fabrication. You know they they announced their program. They've got a they've got a program that's dedicated towards life extension five hundred years plus. That they're pouring millions of dollars into. They're they've made a big commitment towards that. I can absolutely see them doing a hey, we're going to put you know we're gonna we'll. We go there. Larry Page is a huge fan of Elon Musk. He's like, if I could give, you know, he talked about if I give all my money to somebody to keep doing what they're doing, he says Elon Musk. So when you got one of the wealthiest men in the world telling one of the other wealthiest men in the world, you complete me, I'll give you my money, <laughs> you know, <laughs> amazing things could happen. So I think that I think a next big step is, you know, a, a, a true public sort of, you know, cheaper rent space. This is what I love going to. If you go to the website SpaceX Stats, uh, the guy who follows it, by the way, I had an exchange with him on Twitter. It's some kid. I think he's I'm trying to remember. Where he's, he's like out of like New Zealand or South Africa or something like that. Or not South Africa, somewhere else. But he, he started well, this as I think maybe New Zealand. <laughs> started this as a hobby and uh, SpaceXStats.com. What's awesome is you can go there and look and you'll see, oh, how long to Lennox SpaceX mission? Oh, five days. Like – there, that resets a lot. I mean, they come there. They've got a ton. So, do we do we know? Is it just every single time they launch, they're going to try to land it, or no. is this every so often? Got it. But what they do it with is they don't do it right now when they're trying to send stuff to a geosynchronous transfer orbit because that takes all of the fuel. Got it. Uh, but Elon Musk, because it takes that has to go so much faster, so much further that it takes up all the fuel. But Musk says they've got designs now to even recover the first stages on those. Launches too. Uh, that's huge. Well, so so if I can, I'm, maybe I'm a little bit more optimistic about it. Um, I, I suspect that there will be instant because the headline is simple. Uh, the test it works. We've landed a rocket, and the 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 headline is uh, we just we just proved that we can reduce the cost of going to space by what ninety nine percent or something ridiculous Basically, yeah i mean your your fuel cost the fuel cost of sending a falcon nine into space is two hundred thousand dollars right, and so once like that is the headline that's all the world needs to hear the rocket costs like forty million <laughs> yeah, exactly right it's like uh, uh so it's a little bit to get in all you of know, a sudden you might have to pull with your friends if you want to buy a rocket yeah, all of a sudden it's a, it becomes essentially free to go to space like you could just buy uh you know at two hundred thousand dollars it's like i mean you could you you can uh you know scrap your kid's college fund and just you know pop on a ride anyone how much, how much is like a, a commercial airliner if you just wanted to buy like a, a 747 or something uh i don't know let's see let's see price, price, uh, price of 747 you want to guess beforehand i'll say uh, 737 because that's the I'll southwest 40, i'll say 40 million uh, how much is a shiny new Boeing 737 worth? It says not 72 million. 357 million. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so amazing. Wait, would it be cheaper to buy a rocket than to buy a seven? Wait, no, that can't be right. No. Seven, oh, wait. Oh, okay. Oh, 747. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Sorry. Uh, so wow, 50, but still 50 million. I mean, like, periodically you've seen what, what they say the price was fifty one million. I said forty. Yeah, very uh, uh, higher. Closest without going over. Yeah, prices right rules. Yeah, you nailed it. Yeah, good job. But that, that's great. Well, I guess it is that it does kind of make sense because you've you, you periodically see these ideas for like rocket based um, earthbound travel. Actually, here you know, it says here from uh, like London to Paris in like five seconds between between fifty one and eighty seven million, depending on the model. 
Uh, so, like, man, that's amazing. I'll take the LX. I like the rims. Those are nice. <laughs> I like the gold-plated turbines. Does it have CarPlay? Because I really like that. That's good. <laughs> so, which would you rather have? Uh, well, okay, so, so if, if, but if it becomes reusable... Sorry, I'm just thinking everything through. Uh, right, <laughs> Brian's right. planning a Kickstarter, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> I'm just here's what I'm wondering: is I, do we know about how much has SpaceX released any numbers on how much it is per rocket? They have they, they on their site they list the launch total launch cost. Wow, which, dude, since- like, like you guys just I mean made a joke about Kickstarter, but like Kickstarters have gotten multiple millions of dollars yeah. for like that that, hard that, that games. Pebble one. Uh, let me see the Pebble time or Pebble. Kickstarter, the new Pebble. So this time. is in the new one. They went back to Kickstarter after making a brand for themselves. Yeah. Okay. The first one they broke records and they hit ten million. The Pebble Time just launched and that's just shy of twenty million as we're recording this right 20 now. Twenty million for watches, dude. I mean, what pl- would you need to sell? What would you need to promise uh, to be able to? So, okay, here buy we go. Buy a rocket to crowdfund a rocket. Get this. Falcon 9 launch costs an average of $57 million, which works out to around $2,500 per pound. Uh, and by the way, hey, can I give a random shout out to, uh, to Google for, like, I, I don't know when they started doing this, but I really have noticed lately that when I type in something that I'm looking for, they just immediately put up a, uh, a an excerpt. So yeah. all of a sudden, Google is the destination. It's not what lets yeah, me find the, the website. Yeah, the problem is the accuracy on that because like that's not the latest information on what the price is. Right, but but it, like, it is the one that that, that they are able to find. Uh, it also correct. Uh, you well, know the SpaceX page lists at sixty one million, so it's that. What no? Okay, but but here here's my point: is what Google used to do is they would find that page, and I would have to click on that page and scroll down right. and find the relevant information. They've already I, figured out the part that I would look for on that page and are just showing that to me instantly. I guess my criticism, it's like the difference between like Google now and like Siri is like Apple tries to be super accurate. Google just tries to give you a quick answer, which is often much what you need and better. But often though, you get a number though that there's, I've had so many people like, no, that's not the right number. It thinks it's the right number and I would walk away because it doesn't say, Maybe this. It could be this. It's like, oh yeah, here's what we're looking for. Well, but, but it, the it, reason it's it by, it, by its Google algorithms, that is the most popular correct, answer. Correct. Yeah. And that's that's just it. Is Google doesn't pretend to be right. It pre- yeah. its its job is to help you find what you say you're looking for. Uh, and by the way, you want to know who does not like that? The uh, websites that list that information who now do not get a click through when they find exactly what they are looking for, but nothing more. Off yeah, Tom Google. Tom Merritt was talking about how this is the big controversy in in Europe about uh, you know oh, yeah. whether or not they need to regulate blah blah blah. Regulate whether they're stealing it. Oh, no. So at any rate, uh, so for about the cost of a seven, so basically for about the same cost is like all right, we're going to build a seven thirty seven. It's brand new, right off the runway. We're going to take off. And we're going to jump out and just crash it at the end. And Done. then we'll just build another 737 and do it again. <laughs> uh, that's I love – if I'm a government contractor, Bri, I love your business model. <laughs> I, I mean that is literally – I can't believe how, how one-to-one those prices seem to track. That, yeah. that it's, it's literally build a 737 and then crashing it each time. Well, why do you think Boeing got into both businesses? You yeah. Know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're like, geez, selling these planes, you know, they only buy them like once every 10 years. Well, and that's like, why did we didn't? The notion of a reusable, think about this. Same sort of rocket design, you know, going back 100 years of liquid-fueled rocket design, and it took a century 
a century for a company to say, let's really try to make this reusable. And there needed to be technological things to solve and all that. There was, there was efforts to try to create a single stage to orbit and stuff, but the math, it doesn't work out on that. And you think about this where you have Lockheed and Boeing, which are amazing innovative companies, but like they're, they're, now everybody's talking about, oh, yeah, we're working on reusability. Okay, how come it took one South African kid, you know, to start this? If Elon Musk had not said, let's make this reusable, nobody would be having this discussion right now because the only people who buy rockets are governments, and you tell them, oh, yeah, no, bro, it's $50 million a pop, you destroy it. No, can, this, can it be reusable? Yeah, if you give me this, $5 billion to develop it. This is the extraordinary thing, and not that he's paying out of pocket, but but he certainly has a track record and the ba- and, and the contacts with so many uh, to get investments from so many of the young mega rich where they've they've won at the money part of life now they're thinking legacy for later on which is part of the reason we see you know astonishing gestures of philanthropy and and of, about these world changing pro- projects because you know at the time they were called the robber barons and then seconds before they died they're like uh also libraries for everyone and then they then they're out like but these guys are starting this project when they're young and when they're at their richest and and uh because they want to they want to change the world and and yeah. damned if it doesn't look like they are and so somebody brought up a couple people well the space shuttle is supposed to be reusable at the earliest napkin stage, yes, it was supposed to be reusable. But once you decided, okay, well, we're going to use solid rocket boosters on either side to help it get higher. And, and yeah, those are kind of – so we can reuse those. And they do after we drop them to the ocean and they get corroded and we go in there, we resurface them and all that. When it would have been cheaper just to build new ones. But because the government paid to For the repurpose word reusable. Those, yeah, the SLS program, by the way, which is the next generation rocket, which they just did a firing test, they're not going to reuse those. There's no plans to. And, and I asked the people who make the rockets, I'm like, why not? Like, well, it's kind of expensive. Like, hmm, it's kind of defeats the purpose of reusable, does it? The main engine tank, the main tank crashes into the ocean, not usable. Now, you do get the shuttle back and you get the, you know, the engines, the, those engines come back, but you lose – most of your rocket, and then that thing is was you know with the, the way the tiles worked and all that has to be. It, it was just it was it was designed to be reusable in the sense that it was going to be just as expensive or more. It was it was over a billion dollars a launch on that? I'm finally, we were actually shedding some light on the good that SpaceX is doing on this podcast. Finally, like I think it's just like <laughs> it, it's, a, it's an undercover topic on this show. <laughs> I, but I'm I'm excited by like what uh, my point my point was I was getting to is just just the idea of. Now we look at like where's going to be Google in this, where are yeah. other companies going to get into this, and that's where it's starting to get exciting. I was bringing up there's a great article in Atlantic this month about SpaceX. Yeah. And that's what I was really trying to get to. And it's a good overview of the history of it. If you want to get, get up to speed on that, check out the Atlantic, check out SpaceX. They talk about this, you know, the, the, the uh, it's, it is really, I thought, it was just a wonderful overview of where they started, where they are now, and... Uh, uh, and this is... Uh, sh- so it just came out. So I would go to Google News, and then... Uh, um, uh, uh, no, I'm not seeing it. Atlantic. Uh, all right. Well, if, if we find... We'll put, we'll put notes in there. That'll be... Uh, <laughs> if only we could toss this job to a producer. Yeah, I mean, I sent it out on the weird list, by the way. So oh, the it's, weird list. It's, if you're on the weird list, you have the article. Mm. <laughs> um not that I'm trying to plug the weird list, but the weird list when you sign up for the Patreon is the, yeah, the my list. often free daily updates of that. Uh, Atlantic Mobile, the Atlantic business, what it took for SpaceX to become a serious space company. To become. Got this it. was October 21st, 2014 is when this came out. Okay, so it was a couple of months back. Great. Yeah. What I wanted to talk about really is uh, two things. 
before we went into a tangent on this upstart company, which we never mentioned. Yeah. Um, our one of our favorite kind of you know popularizers of science who loves to say crazy things every time he has a book coming out is Doctor Michio Kaku. Oh, I knew it. Called it. Called it. Should have locked uh, it in publicly. <laughs> Talked about, uh, you know what? We might be able to upload or download experiences into our brains, right? Yeah. A frequent topic here. But, hey, he's got a PhD. So when he says it, a lot more, you know, a lot more weight. Not just a lot more headlines books, get written. Guys. Not just because he's trying to sell books. But listen. But I thought, so, like, yeah, that's kind of cool. Like, that's another kind of, yeah, the idea that, you know, we've talked about that. You know, we saw that in the Matrix. Like, yeah. no kung fu. And then another thing hit me today. I saw there was an announcement. I'm like, oh, this could go in a really weird place. I mean, we can already imagine how weird it would be to put other people's thoughts and memories in your head, but let's think about how weird this can be. You know what YouTube started doing this week? Uh, the 360-degree videos recorded. Yes, sir. We, uh, we talked a bit about like when that would be good. I mean, the example I gave is you know you have that 360-degree camera, and you got the, uh, the SpaceX launch. Like That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. There it is. There it is. And I got another one coming. I, a Kickstarter that I that I helped fund was uh, getting another one, like a really cool three three one that'll be automatically uploaded to the YouTube. So YouTube now, like YouTube says, hey, we want three sixty video. We put it there. Put it on YouTube. Go ahead, do that. It's fine. Put it put it on it. You can you can do you can do it. You got three sixty video. Yeah, just do it. Just so do so it. right now, uh, is it already launched? Is there an example that we can look at? Because I've not tried it through a web interface. I don't know what it necessarily looks like. Well, let's go to YouTube 360. Oh, is that is that the place? YouTube 360? No, I'm just going to Google YouTube 360. Okay, got it. Up. Yeah, my guess is they'll probably be pretty good about pointing you to the right place. Yeah. Um, you can now watch and upload 360 degree video on YouTube. Yeah, I have some 360 degree photographs on my website. Um, and. Yeah, I'm, I'm not seeing the exact link. Maybe we'll find one in a bit. Oh, is there? Apparently. Right here. Here we go. All right. We're looking at this is my first 360. Uh, wait. So, so do you, do I you touch it? Do it? I move? Uh, no. Okay. This is, this is like for VR, I guess. You need to have. Oh. Uh, Boo. Boo. Oh, Not ready for prime time. Let me, actually, let me try it in Chrome. Maybe that's, maybe that's a browser thing. Uh, is that what you did it in? Mm-hmm. I never tried it. All right. Here we go. I'm going to try it in Chrome. We are looking at... Oh, oh wow. That's amazing. So, uh, it so yeah, if we put... If I use my little uh, cardboard headset, which I have here, and I look... I haven't tried that yet. If I go there, then I should probably be able to see that. Dude, yeah. do, do you want to try right now? I should probably charge my Nexus 5 first. Oh, <laughs> so uh, what it looks like... Here's what's amazing is you see it on two different browsers. I guess, uh, for whatever reason, uh, it, it, it's not right on the... Uh, uh, on IE, yeah, or, or uh, Firefox here, oh, okay. but it just looks like a weird, um, I don't know, mosaic. Uh, it looks like if, you, if you've ever done a massive panorama, it just keeps on going all the way around. It looks a little bit silly, to be honest. But when you look at it on on another device uh, or another browser, yeah. So now we're looking at it in Chrome, which automatically kind of tracks it from right to uh, there, left to right. Uh, but you can also control it just by uh, dragging your mouse over it and pushing it. Oh wow! It looks like it's like moving and pushing oh, into. Wow. Yeah, cool. I just I'm going to charge it. And here, why while we're moving? Oh wow! Oh wow! Oh, it's on this couch and it's floating with you. 
So you right. can make, I've actually Hands. made demos like this in Unity using their, uh, their programs uh, for, for uh, doing VR on my iPhone and also on my, uh, my Nexus. So you can, you can actually, like, it's very easy. Like, I don't know anything about, you know, how to do, you know, really programming stuff. But I went into Unity and I created, you know, some stuff like this. You can create, like, take spaces and stuff and then create basic controls to walk around. Dude, so cool. So that's right now. That's the here and now. Um, are we going to have YouTube brain uploads? Like, hey, guys, check out my really cool time at the beach. Saw some hot girls, you know. Are we going to have... You know, that is that going to be a thing like these little two and three minute brain clips you download? Here's what it would, you know, like most things, it'll start off with low fidelity and get to increasingly high fidelity. I can see. um, So 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 for whatever I don't want to say defense mechanism, but for whatever reasons, probably because it's not helpful to remember things that didn't happen. That's that's why when you wake up, it's so hard. You can remember your memory, memories of your dream for a few minutes, and then it just unless you revisit it and sort of write them down. I was in Tim down. Cook's house using a shower. Really kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like it's like you have that moment, and then it like those fade, 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 and they become they they eventually get lost. I can see something like that where it's like the first tests. Are like you you plant the memory and you're like uh, you're like oh what was it like you're like oh wow no I guess I kind of see it. it it seemed like this and you could describe things and they're like yeah yeah that's kind of what it was but it's it's in the unreality file of of your brain yeah. right as though uh, and only with with effort and repeating would you come to believe it was your memory. Um, but I guess we already have that because you but see if, a movie, you know. Yeah, and what does that mean? You know, what is my memory? What does that mean now? Like, like Brian, what was the last book you read? Uh, it's my pick right now. I'm reading How to Fly a Horse. No, you're not. You're lying. You're lying to us. You're lying. Yeah, why did you lie so much, man? Show me the book. Uh, well, oh, shoot. I see what oh. you did. <laughs> uh, you're right. It's an audio book. Show me the Kindle. Show me the Kindle. All right. Show me the Kindle, No, Brian. No, no. It's, it's, it's an audio book. It's definitely uh, here on uh-huh. Audible. That's, to blame. that's it. So you bit, but I asked you what book you read, and yeah. you lied to me, and you said that you read this book, Brian. I mean, well, first of all, you didn't I, do the work, Brian. It doesn't count. I, and no. by the way, can I just can I just air no, out my didn't. gripe about that again? It's like, I mean, are you are you, are you uh, random imaginary troll at the age of thirty five telling me that it's so impressive that you can r- translate a written symbol into the, the thought of a word that, that that you're a better person for having done that than for so me? Can I tell you, this is how bad it is for me. Because like I made this like this year, I made this pledge like I'm really gonna try to read a book a week. I'm really, really gonna try to do this, right? But then I'm like, I wanted to keep track of it, so I have a bookshelf here where yeah. I've been putting, you know, books. And I'm not saying I read every one of these books. I may have listened to some of these books, but ah. then I bought copies of the book to keep track. J- just oh so you have God. your trophy. Which, by the way, I Run! love. <laughs> I I love. <laughs> libraries for that reason because you go to someone's house and you could kind of look into their brain they're like they are a person these are experiences and if they're shared experiences you're like i've read a bunch of these books these are all topics that i can bring up and we can have a discussion about yeah. and and have common ground for all that and that is the one bummer about the the audiobook is that you don't you don't have that naturally or in a tangible way that in, can be showed in, off in my pick which i guess we could get into right now um uh, which I'm, I'm halfway through, but it was fantastic so far. It's contagious. 
and it's about how how ideas spread. Not and it, he's done it. He's a a wonderful job. He's actually a, a, a scientist, you know, who's done research into looking into. He took like every like in a, like for like several years of like New York Times articles that you know were sent out to people. Like people were forwarded the most forwarded articles. Why? What did they have in common? Broke Dude. these elements down to figure out specifically what made people want to transmit them, and then did experiments on stuff to see what makes things more transmissible. But he talks about things too, like the idea of having artifacts and residue from like this experience. Like I voted today, and you have that sticker because the voting booth is private. But you wear that sticker, then people can see. Oh wow! You know, you voted today. You know, and I could see something really cool would be like, uh, you know, you get into like a next generation Kindle or things like that, or phones that like the back surface becomes digital. That is more to show the world what you're doing, so you can yeah. read a book and you can say, "Oh yeah, put the cover of the book on the back here." Yeah, that's cool. Uh, I thought there was talk about doing exactly that, or there was some some reader that did that. Uh, like it had, or there, there was maybe it was a concept cell phone that had e ink on one side and a screen. There's on the a other. real cell phone out there that's like for. I think it's more for just like did did use a low power display on the other Bat- side. Yeah, so it's like battery. So if you're just reading or whatever, you you can or surfing what, the web. Yeah. But how cool would it be to have like a case or whatever to be like? No, I want people like what well, you can use a customer. Like I'd love it when I'm listening to a book or whatever. Have the cover of the book. There. Yeah. By the way, I'm I'm buying Contagious right now, dude. I'm really really digging it. Really digging it. It's it's if you read like if you remember like Made to Stick and some of the other stuff, he he he's he's it's very. He talks about his own experience of getting into it. Talks about Kahneman, all the other really good references. But it moves for it's not a rehash. Yeah. And he talks a bit about like yeah, hey, the Tipping Point was a neat book. You know when it came out a decade ago. But he described stuff. He didn't explain why these things happen, yeah. which is what. I have to say that's by Jonah Berger, and it's called Contagious. The Keith Knobs is the narrator. It's available at Amazon. It's available on Audible. Done. It's, just bought it and very excited about it. Uh, can I can I just plug the hell out of How to Fly a Horse? Uh, I I have not. Let's see how to fly a horse. Uh, this is by um, waiting for it to load. Probably helps if I hit enter. Kevin Ashton. And uh, this book is so good that I keep going back and re-listening to stuff. If you if you follow me on Twitter, you probably have seen me throwing some random quotes out from it because it's like it just is so poignant and spot on. It talks about uh, the secret history of creation, invention, and discovery, and it talks about not only the the limitations of the mind and the way we create and stuff. Like right now, I'm listening to a section on writer's block and. Uh, and uh, and he talks you know a bit with some quotes from Woody Allen about how he does his writing process and why he never experiences writer's block and uh, um, and other stuff is structural like what keeps you from implementing your ideas and he's got all of these fantastic stories from history. This is the thing about it is that you meet characters and you you see the I- innovation happen. You talk you know you talk about uh, uh, why is it that uh, that women scientists were the first to dominate the field of X-ray crystallography. And the answer was, is because at the time, around the time that women wanted to start going to university, they, uh, uh, that was an experimental field that wasn't yielding a lot of results. So it, nothing was paying, paid, it was considered, anyway, it, it turns out basically because nobody was doing it and the women were like, well, yeah, well, give, give that to us and let's go. And that's why, you know, uh, it talks about, um, oh, what's her name? The chick who got snubbed on the DNA molecule, Rosalind something. Uh, do you remember who I'm talking about? Yes. Uh, uh, anyway, tells her story and it's just heartbreaking. And, 
Uh, so good. So, so good. I loved, uh, am loving How to Fly a Horse. This is one I may give it a year and then Rosalind come back. Rosalind Franklin. Rosalind Fra- Franklin. That's what it was. This is one I may read now and then read again a year from now. My pick is not a book because I'm stupid. <laughs> but it is an app that uh, I'm not going to lie to you, you guys. You, you can't I, pick Hearthstone again. I had <laughs> I was very skeptical about because there was a lot of glowing praise for it, uh, which I saw as a little uh, hyperbolic. But you know, we were talking uh, over the last few days because we're here at South by Southwest. South by Southwest Interactive kind of, I feel like, over the last few years has been in a hangover from its kind of halcyon era like six or seven years ago when – Every year, there was a gigantic app that just blew up. That you had Foursquare one year, Twitter the year before. Uh, it was just this place where everybody, the question that everybody would ask each other is like, oh, well, what app are you using? What is the app that wins South by Southwest? In the last few years, I feel like that conversation has been a little stupid. Like, you know, it's like we, we felt a need to crown the one thing and nothing really stuck in the same way that didn't just gain traction throughout the other part, uh, the other parts of the year. But this year I kind of feel like meerkat is having a moment and I don't quite know why I can't really explain why this is better than, uh, you know, Justin TV or quick or any of the other kinds of solutions that have been there that do this exact same thing except to say LTE in general uh, uh, is better. You know, you can get a better signal. It runs all of its interaction through Twitter. So as Twitter becomes more robust, maybe you're able to use this a little bit more. If you're unfamiliar with what the app is, it's basically just a one-button live streaming service. You know, everything runs through Twitter. All of your uh, comments are Twitter at replies. If you at reply somebody else, uh, it it does it does it in a subtweet format, so you're not necessarily spamming your feed. There are elements that uh, I guess I'm being meerkatted right now as I see Neshcom uh, holding up his. Oh, is that uh, happening? <laughs> That's amazing. But you know, we had an experience at our party yesterday that all it took was three people to be meerkatting what was happening, and somebody else just. Uh, screen grabbed and uh, you know all three feeds took one of their audios and we had a three camera shoot uh, completely impromptu uh, of our party and all the concerts that that happened so it uh, it was it was really really remarkable uh, to watch it yesterday and uh, you know I, I've just seen it a lot in, in all the different quadrants of people that uh, that I follow now this I feel like has just gained traction over the last year or sorry, over the last like three weeks. Um, who knows whether or not it, it fades out because I think it'll run into the same problems that quick and, and Justin TV mobile and Ustream did. But that being said, it feels like people are really getting on board with it. I think it's an interesting, uh, an interesting app that people should give a try. It's a, it is a, yeah, you're the same thing too. Like I looked, I'm like, it's one of those like, yeah, well functionally it does the same thing everyone else does, but it's that, Getting rid of those steps, getting rid of those jumps from, you know, giving people like, and that's the thing that they talk about in Contagious is that where's your call to action? How far away is it that, you know, that's a, you know, how, how many steps do I have to go from here to there? And if you say, get people excited about something, but there's no way for them to act on it, then you can't do that. He talks about like great stuff like, uh, 
you know, ads that are so powerful, but you just can't t- like there was a powerful ad about somebody stepping out of a shower and falling down and getting hurt. And, you know, like you should get a shower mat. Well, that's great, but it's not at the point where I get a shower mat. You know, it's yeah. not at the point where I can do anything about it. And we ad agencies go out of their way to justify how good they're doing. And this isn't something he said. This is something I've, you know, I'm addressing is that they'll go out of their way to prove to you how good they are, but we don't really know how effective they really are. And I've, I've gone through this so many times that people are like, oh, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to build up a buzz for this thing I'm going to do. But it's like, well, you can – you can create awareness for something, but if you don't have a call to action on it or give something something to do, that buzz is going to be lost. You know, if you can't just at the very least put up like an email sign up or something like that, because you're yeah. super actionable people, you want to get them on board. Because if you put it put it out there, and that's one of the problems. Like movie, like when I, I go through this, with my father all the time, he'd be like, "Oh yeah, I'm a, I want to go see such and such movie tonight." And I'm like, I don't think it comes out for three weeks. You know, but the commercials are running, and you kind of think that like they usually do the lead up right before and. Anyhow. Just getting getting ahead of schedule there, yeah. So, but Twitter bought Periscope, which does the same thing, and then yeah. Twitter just changed the functionality to make it harder for Meerkat to access your friends. So, yeah, uh, and 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 the gripes with Meerkat, as we've talked about uh, around here, are stuff like the fact that you know you send out a tweet to announce you're going live on Meerkat, but then you have to manually go back and delete the tweet because otherwise people are seeing like, oh, he's live, click, oh, I missed it, you know, something yeah. like that built in. And if Periscope does the same thing, to be honest. I mean, Meerkat is first, but if they if we get the same experience with a built-in uh, Twitter interface, I actually think that'd be a huge play for Twitter because I think they 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 you know, stand to expand significantly. But you know, we've we've seen you know what what's happened with uh, you know when when the platforms that are so well utilized with these other third-party apps try to get into the game for themselves. Oftentimes, what we get is kind of a lukewarm product. So, uh, to be honest, I I think. What is changed is that now whenever somebody clicks on that stream, it's not the same experience that you had with Justin TV Mobile or Quick or Ustream in the past where you are underwhelmed with what you get and only you know the, somebody who's really into what you're doing finds it compelling. But we were streaming yesterday you know, off, off your, your, uh, your feed. The audio was good. It was listenable. The video was good. It was watchable. I, that's what half the comments were as during the concert. They're like, this is a really good feed. Uh, jury Facts on, on Twitter, who was out there, was meerkatting not only the concert, <laughs> but it was late into the night when mm-hmm. we were out at another bar. And there I see him with his uh, phone plugged into his uh, a brick battery in his pocket and drink in hand. And it is just uh, he was going the entire time. Well, and that's what made this particular South by So, so Wasted event uh, feel very different was that normally it's about, you know, we hope as many of you guys as possible can make it here to have this very special experience that we only do like three things like this per year. And then if you don't make it, then, you know, uh, well, we'll tell you stories about it. And that's about as close as you can get. But now. Uh, from home, people are able to sit and watch and feel like they're there hanging out, uh, yeah. not only for the show uh, live stream, but the, the pre-show and the post-show and hanging out. Although I, I do want, uh, with a, a controversial counterpoint, um, in the chat, uh, Neshkom, our producer, says that Meerkat sucks now. What, what's, what's that about? Well, it, it just kind of sucks because it mandatory follows all of your Twitter Twitter followers what, what does that mean like so you have a twitter account through or your meerkat signs up through your twitter account. right right so everybody you follow on twitter when they sign up for for meerkat you follow them on meerkat and you get a notification when they go live 
we everybody that you follow. well yeah that, that's that's in app like if you have meerkat notifications turned on then you get pinged literally any every time you every time anyone you know signs got up. It, got it, got it. hey Brian what could go wrong for us uh, yeah. <laughs> well let's just uh, let's just say that that's not how I'll keep track of uh, notifications in that yeah regard. no meerkat will have uh, notifications turned off for yeah, me absolutely. Gentlemen, I think it's time to get ready to end this and then maybe jump into some after things. Yeah, dude. I want to hear about your secret plan, your crazy money factory. So we can say this has been weird. And I got a really cool pick for after things, by the way, too. They touched it on this. Great. Very cool. Gentlemen, it's been weird. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.